Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hey guys, the Coach Steve Show podcast has recently started to work with the Unhinged Sports Network. Um, It's a 24-hour playing podcast with different podcasts on there. Great stuff. Any sport that you could think of, they play it 24-7. They have weekly episodes and just play them throughout the week so you never never miss a show. And they are working with Fanatics.com and you know Fanatics.com always has great deals during Black Friday. They had 70% off. Every single day, there's daily deals from 20, 30, 40, 60% off on your favorite team's gear. Any team you want, you can find on there. You um, you went to Illinois State University, you can find it on there. Any college team, any pro team, you can find things on there. They have shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, different things that you could think of at fanatics.com. They have jerseys, uh, you know, so good Treat yourself to a $12 shirt. Treat yourself to a $25 hoodie. So what you need to do is click the link in the episode description or on social media. Go shop at fanatics.com. Every single day there's deals. So it changes all the time. Black Friday had 70% off. The other day there were 60% off. It changes anywhere from 14-hour window to a 24-hour window. So please, again, use the link in the episode descriptions. Please use the link on social media. Also go check out Unhinged Sports Network. Go buy yourself something at Fanatics just to treat yourself, to buy a gift for somebody, birthday gift, anything. They have your sports gear. When your favorite sport comes back and you want to support your team, you become a fan of a new sports team, go treat yourself. So again, go to Fanatic. Use the link below in the episode description. Use the social media link at Fanatics. Treat yourself and get yourself something nice for all the sports seasons that are coming back. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, talking some sports with your host here, Coach Steve. Today I want to discuss different topics that happen or going on in college football. But we we'll to talk about different teams, different things that I found interesting or different things that I find that needs to be discussed. We'll discuss the college football playoff outlook. I think this weekend it kind of changed it up <clears throat> and the way things are going and who I think should be in the college football playoff, everything that's going on with that. We'll talk about different teams 
Of course, we might discuss my Illini. You know, you can find that with the talks with me, Coach West and Brad Miller. But this is just, you know, we have different topics to discuss. So this one's going to be my take. Discuss some college basketball. College basketball is back in full swing. Um, I know COVID has stopped a couple of things, which we will talk about. But basketball is in full swing. I love it. Um, And I'll get to that. And then at the very end, the third, I don't know if you want to call it topic or third section, discuss some NFL. You know, we are getting very close to wrapping up the season. Um, You know, I think there's only about three or four games. I think about four games left in the regular season of the NFL. It's, It's come and gone pretty quick. And we've gotten a lot of games despite covid and despite the things that have been going on uh, discuss about you know i'm gonna discuss the chicago bears debacle against the detroit lions uh discuss who right now might be the mvp of the nfl and you know probably discuss more in detail why i think carson wentz is a I said a bust. I don't know if bust is the right word. Maybe he's overrated, overpaid is the better version because we can, you know, I'll get to that, you know, and like the Shannon Sharps of the world, I'll call him out. I don't care about they're making excuses for him and everything else. Kind of like they make excuses for LeBron James. So get into it. I'm going to go right to college football. Action-packed college football. I think the game there, buddy, there was two games that, a lot of people talked about, or at least I know for us, we did. Um, you know, you had, I'll just get right to the, the Mormons versus the Mullets. Um, I've been a big BYU fan, you know, since the season started. They looked really good. I sat here and said many times, I think they should be considered in the college football playoff at the time. Because again, I got called a clown for not putting Ohio State in. I candy the way it's going. I don't see Ohio State to be in the college football playoff. I think they will just because of their Big Ten championship and all that. I just don't think they deserve to. You know, I think if you put Ohio State against Bama, Bama's going to score 55 just like against LSU. I think Bama would make them Alabama would be their daddy. Um, but I'll get to that when I get to the playoff part. I'm getting ahead of myself. So you had the BYU versus Coastal Carolina. And I've been a big BYU fan at the beginning. I said they should be considered for the college football playoff. Um, but I've been a big Coastal Carolina fan too, as well. And people are, you know, bandwagon fan or whatever. But as a coach, you are a fan of offenses. You're a fan of coaching. You're a fan of culture and the way Coastal Carolina has carried themselves, the way they've acted, how much fun they're having. They give nicknames to their offensive lineman group. They got the mullet thing going on. They do the the wrestling in the locker room at halftime and. So it's really fun. They have this culture. I think due to COVID year, they were able to say, in the terms of Coach Mackey out there, get weird, do what you want. So they, they're having fun. This is the time to say we're going to compete. I'm not saying they need to get in the college football playoff. I don't think their schedule has been up with the Bamas and, and Clemsons and Notre Dames. But they need to be playing in a New Year's Bowl. I think they deserve that shot. I like their offense, so I've been a fan of them. So this game was kind of rough for me because normally I would root for BYU or normally I root for Coastal Carolina. But um, it was a great game. I thought that there would be a lot more scoring than what there was just because of BYU's offense, their Heisman candidate quarterback. And then coming on, I think, about two or three days of preparation, if that. And I think one of the days of preparation was Saturday, (laughs) if you want to include that, because Coastal Carolina was supposed to play – um, Liberty and then 
due to COVID and contact tracing. Liberty couldn't play. Coastal Carolina wanted to play somebody. BYU had an opening, and they got it done. Um, I don't know if BYU, if they won, that was going to catapult them up to the college football playoff. I think it put them more in the conversation. But I think they really had to play like Ohio State. If BYU would have played Ohio State this weekend and beat Ohio State, they would have you know, gotten the college football playoff. Um, but I just thought it would be a lot um, higher scoring than what it was due to BYU um, having this offense that could score. You have a Heisman candidate in your quarterback. You have speed all over the place. You have a good run game with your big lineman, your big running back with your wide zones and everything like that. Um, I don't know if you want to call a low scoring game, you know, coastal Carolina won 22 to 17. And then another reason I thought coastal Carolina would score more, not that BYU has a bad, uh, bad defense, because really, if you look at it, giving up 22 points isn't quite terrible. I just thought with Coastal Carolina's offense, they run that pistol. I don't know if you want to call it pistol flexbone um, or a shotgun option. It's not even really pistol. I like to just say pistol, but it's a shotgun option. And I was talking to, uh, I think it was Coach West, where I really like it because the same reads that they do for the option, they can do for play actions, they can do... Uh, RPOs and it doesn't change the footwork of the quarterback. It doesn't even necessarily change the read. It may, you know, it doesn't change a whole lot. So I really like their offense. So I figured that an option offense is kind of hard to um, prepare for. So I thought it'd be a high scoring game with BYU's offense, the type of players they have go up against Coastal Carolina, who's supposed to be this lower. I mean, I, I don't know if you want to say they're both not power five, but below division one caliber, I guess. Like when they walked on the field, BYU's off. I mean, Coast Carolina has a big uh, defensive line, but BYU's offensive line was just massive. Their running back, when he ran the ball and he's getting tackled by linebackers, he was just as big as those linebackers and how fast he was. And there were times he bursted through the line and uh, they finally caught him. And uh, uh, so I figured that, but hats off to Coastal Carolina. They, Coach West said it perfectly. They played nasty. They have a, nastiness to them. They have a toughness to them. Now, I thought the dirty thing was when they were going after the quarterback, Coast Carolina's players were like going all over Wilson and everything. I thought that was dirty, but a good point was brought up. If BYU had an edge, if BYU had that, they're not, I'm not saying they're soft, but that nitty gritty toughness, they would have ran on the field and made sure their quarterback was protected. If that happened to Coastal Carolina's uh, players, they would have ran on the field with their mullets, full go, and it's on. So I think Coastal Carolina this year has just been free. They're disciplined besides that one spot with BYU. I didn't, I didn't like that. But I'm talking about as an offense, as a defense, they're just kind of playing. They're taking risks. They're, you know, on defense, they're like, oh, yeah, they, they scored. They got a big play. Yeah. They don't care, but they're just kind of like, we're going to come back and get it. And that comes from cult, um, coaching. That comes from their staff. That comes from believing in what's going on. And that just comes from having fun, and that comes from being tough. And BYU, I don't know if they just overlooked them. It can't be game planning. Um, the only thing you could say is how far they had to freaking travel. Coastal Carolina did, didn't do that. Um, I kind of want to know why. I thought about why didn't Coastal Carolina travel to BYU, but I think maybe BYU just has the resources to travel out there. So that's why maybe they chose to, to try to make it tougher, like if they won. Like, hey, we just beat an unbeated team. They were number 18 in the nation. Um, but it was pretty even. 
I didn't think BYU used their outside speed enough. There were times where my receivers burned past them. There, you know, this and that. Um, the pass protection was not very good. Um, this is just going off the top of my head. It looks like the only run plays they really try to do is a lot of wide zone, which is what they do, which is great. But like, you need to do something else. I know they got away from doing inside zone because their offensive linemen were pretty athletic. But I think to complement wide zone or outside zone, whatever you want to call it, stretch, I don't care, it's the same thing. I think you need to marry it or work off of inside zone as well. So if wide zone is what you want to do, you know, go outside, go outside, go outside. What's going to start happening is those linemen are going to start lining up differently. Well, then you can run power or you can complement that zone and do inside zone. Um, and I didn't see a lot of that. I just saw a lot of wide zone, wide zone, wide zone. Maybe they're trying to set it up. Maybe they're trying to get rollouts. I have no idea. I just think some of that wasn't working. And then it just kind of seemed like they didn't know what they wanted to do. Um, but again, hats off to Coast Carolina. I think this propelled them up to number 13. I think they went to 18 to 13. I don't see them making the college football playoff. Now, again, if they would have gone and played Ohio State, if Coast Carolina goes and plays a bigger, bigger school and wins, yes. I just don't think they make the college football playoff, but I think they deserve the right to play in a huge time bowl game, go play a big division one school in a big bowl game. And they're going to show up and they're going to compete. They could lose by 40, but it's going to be a tough 40 points. I guarantee it. Watching them play, watching the molds go. was a good game. Uh, so there goes BYU's chance of college football playoff, but they were getting a little mocked like, Oh, we'll play. Any, we'll play anyone, anytime, any place. And Coastal Carolina kind of was like, oh, look what happened. And so I don't know if BYU just overlooked them. I don't think so. I don't know. I just, I don't know. It didn't look right. And so now it comes down to was BYU just not played anybody. Well, they played a couple of decent teams. I just think they got punched. This is the first time they were punched in the mouth and the first time they weren't making big plays and scoring quick. They kind of didn't know what to do. And so from that aspect, they just kind of showed they don't have that edge. I think that's what they're missing. If they had that edge, if they had Coastal Carolina's toughness and edge, it would have gone a lot different. But hats off to Coastal Carolina. I was a fan of both. It was a tough game to watch as a fan. Like, you're a fan of both. You like the offense. You like the coaches or whatever. So hats off to them. Another game that... I watched was Alabama, you know, just put a whooping on LSU. We don't have to talk too much into that. We all kind of knew it was going to happen. Um, They just put a whooping 55 to 17 on LSU. Bama scored 21 in the first quarter. They had 45 at halftime, which I think they said was the most in Baton Rouge. You know, LSU was giving up in Baton Rouge or it might be the most scored in Baton Rouge. I don't remember that anybody has done. They sort of kind of took the foot off the pedal on halftime. I think because if it, I said this, if 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 Nick Saban had never coached at LSU, and what was said last year on and you know roll tide what f you or what happened on the field, I think Nick Saban would have scored seventy or eighty. He would have said, "Keep it going. We're not stopping. We're not stopping." But since he's coached there, since he knows the program, I think he and Ed kind of like I don't know if they're friends, but I think he respect they respect each other. So I think it was like. They got the 45. I think he kind of said, okay, let's see if we can score kind of in the third. And then just kind of go from there. Let's make sure they don't score that much. Um, so 
I like Ed Ogeron. He's a good coach. A lot of people are saying, oh, he doesn't forget how to coach overnight. People need to realize that a lot of young, a lot of people um, leave as a coaching staff. A lot of players go to the NFL or graduate. They had to bring in a whole new batch of coaches. They had to recruit. They have a lot of people opt out due to COVID or whatever the case. And so I think he had a lot of freshmen slash sophomores playing in that Alabama game. So they had to learn. And you're going up against Alabama. Anybody that's listened to Coach West talk how like the Indiana strength and conditioning, some of them went to Bama and they don't focus on strength. Like you see Illinois players go, oh, we, we squat 600 pounds. They're not looking at that. They're looking at how much power is generated. They're looking at speed and power and that boom, you know, like a power clean, you know, that bam. They're not looking for the weight. They're looking for the, the power generated off of it. They're not looking. They don't even care. Like eventually you're going to do a lot of weight just from natural lifting. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you, Coach West, for you know confirming that on the podcast. That's what they're looking for. And if you watch Alabama from the beginning of the year till now, because they do things, they sprint. All, he, you know, Coach West is the guy to talk to about this. They sprint on Wednesday to get ready for Saturday. They kill them and then they rest so they can generate this power. And they power. And if you watch, if you listen to Coach West talk on the podcast and then actually go watch Indiana and, and like Alabama and I guess Ohio State, look at the, the speed. It got shown. You know, if you go back and watch the old Miss game, there wasn't a lot of bam. There wasn't there was speed, but there wasn't a lot of bam and power generated. You watch Alabama now, it's ridiculous. Just ups the speed and the power they produce and how quick they their feet are. And look at the offensive lineman. That's my big thing. The offensive lineman for Alabama is huge. Besides being big, I'm not saying they're big with like muscle muscle. They have a lot of muscle. And I'm not talking about that. The power they generate to get off the line of scrimmage is ridiculous. Bama's just on a different level. They're on a mission. I said last year, them playing uh, against Michigan in the bowl game wasn't acceptable. It wasn't acceptable. Um, it, it just was not acceptable for the Alabama program. They want to be in the college football playoff or they want to be in like a bigger, whatever, but it's championships. That's not for them. So they're on a mission. And back to Coach Ogeron, I said this on the, on my last one. What he said in the locker room, the locker room should be a place where coaches could say things the way he said them. They should be able to stay there. But it got recorded. I don't think by the media. It was some player when he was like, roll, tide, what, F you, or whatever. It got leaked out. And he said in a, in a passion, that's what he was saying. I guess players pumped up. It wasn't disrespect Alabama and Nick Saban and everything else, which I agree with. I said in the locker room, Coaches don't say things to disrespect, but they're trying to say things to get your team pumped up. And they and they know that Bama's the team that they have to do that. Now, maybe Ed should have, Coach Ogeron should have said that. Maybe he'd be like, okay, I can say that about Auburn. I can say that about Old Miss, Mississippi State. I can say that about whoever. But maybe Bama's, while well, Nick Saban's there, you don't say that. Maybe 
Clemson's with Dabo Swinney's there. You don't say stuff like that for the fear of it getting leaked out. Um, you know, so maybe he shouldn't have said it, but I think in the locker room saying just now the stuff on the field. Yeah, it's just competitiveness, but then you have to be prepared for the repercussions. So, as a coach, you got to be careful how you do things because it's going to come back. Now, like if Nick Saban would have done that, he knows that the following year he he just got the thing going. Ed is going to have Coach Odrag. I don't know why I say Ed like I know who he is. Um, it's going to keep going. He'll get it going. I don't know if it's going to be quite like Alabama, but we're going to find out. I think he'll get it going. But like, if Ed would have won like two championships within a period of like six years or five years, and he was doing this, yes, but he's got to be careful. So that's why Bama put the whooping on. Um, Iowa State's going to go. I think it's their first Big 12 championship in a while. Um, they're going to play Oklahoma. I like Iowa State because of their culture building now. And they said they said that again in a game um, where it's five-star culture beats a five-star recruit when they beat Texas. And that's true. Like, yes, sometimes the Jimmy's and Joe's win, but sometimes, and I said this on a podcast, go look, I said it's Jimmy's and Joe's and X's and O's. Sometimes it's not always Jimmy's and Joe's. Sometimes it is X's and O's or culture. And they've got the culture going at Iowa, at Iowa State. And so they will play Oklahoma and for the Big 12 championship. I'm going to root for, I like Lincoln Riley, but I think it would be an awesome story for 2020 of all the stuff we've gone through that um, Iowa State win the Big 12. I don't think they're going to go to the college football playoff, but I think that'd be pretty cool. And I think Coach Campbell at Iowa State needs to go to Illinois. I think how hard it is to recruit to Iowa State is exactly how hard it is to recruit at Illinois. Get that culture built into Illinois, and I'm just going to go right into Illinois football because I've got different topics to go through. Illinois looked like a competent football team against Iowa in that, like, I don't know, quarter and a half something like that. We were moving the ball on offense. We were tackling on defense. We were doing this. We were playing lovey ball, doing this, doing that. And then Iowa went like a light bulb went off and Iowa said, Oh yeah, we're Iowa. This is Illinois. We're going to kick their ass. And they did. Um, It was not pretty after that. It was not pretty. They lost 35 to 21. Peters got benched for Williams. And I was kind of critical on Williams way back when, and so I need to apologize to him. Um, he's a good athlete. I just don't know if he was the – he's young. I think if you develop him, he'll be a decent quarterback. Um, I think if you develop him, he'll be okay. Um, he's more of a running quarterback than a passing quarterback, but if he works on that, I think he'll be fine. But something's got to give to Illinois. Um, again, I don't know if you – it got told out there that – if you call for a coach to get fired, you're part of the problem. It's the same thing for us coaches at high school levels. When people call for us to be fired, you know, we're kind of doing the same thing when we talk NFL and college. So I don't know if I want to say lovey. This is how I'm going to say it. Something's got to change in Illinois. Now I know it's Illinois and it's hard to recruit. They're building things to compete like facilities. Cause that's part of the recruiting process is facilities. What kind of weight room do you have? What kind of fields do you have? And everything else, you look at the Ohio States and Michigans of the world. That's why at Iowa State versus Iowa, it's hard to recruit 
because they're going to go to Iowa, and then Iowa State's way up there. I think that's why Nebraska has great facilities, but it's hard to recruit. Their Illinois is kind of that thing. They're kind of in the middle where you've got those schools up there. you got schools to the east. you got a little bit to the south. Where you're going to go. Now Indiana's become not just a basketball. If they continue this for a couple of years, they're going to become an athletic school, not just a basketball school. They don't have an athletic school because Coach Allen there has done a great job at Indiana. Everybody's become a fan. So something's got to change. They were talking there at halftime or third quarter. They're talking about Coach Smith, Lovey Smith. Oh, he's done a great job with this Illinois team. He's redid it. And his record is like 15 and 37 or 17 and 37. But he's like, look at the mess he inherited, which he did. It, Illinois was a mess. Coach Beckman ruined everything. And it was just a disaster zone. And so we've been very patient. We want to win. We've been very patient. But it's year five. You've gone to one bowl game. Now, a couple of years ago, one of the excuses was recruits. Then it became. There was a lot of injuries, and so it was – we had a lot of fresh – I think we were the youngest team playing in Division One at one point. We had like 15 to 18 freshmen, I think, spread out playing somewhere. Maybe maybe that's too much. I don't know, but it was a lot. And uh, so those were the excuses. Well, now that was a couple of years ago. Well, now they should be juniors and seniors. And uh, we don't see the results. We're seeing the uh, – same type of thing. Now we did lose. We're, we won two games here, but now it's just we're losing to teams we're supposed to lose to. We beat Nebraska and Rutgers. I'm not impressed. So something's got to change because Coach Lovey Smith has forgotten more football than I'm going to know. But we need we need young blood. We need culture. I don't know what culture is at Illinois right now. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think they're going to give him another year. And after that, it needs to change. But something's got to got to give. I'd be all for having like Coastal Carolina's entire coaching staff show up, and that type of fun that they're having, I would love to see at Illinois. I'd love to see like a Coach Allen come in. I'm not saying him, but like somebody like him. Like there was a flag right in front of them, and nobody fought for the Illinois player. It was a clear pass interference, and nobody said anything. It was just like, oh, they're throwing our hands up. I was like, well, what was that? And then they walk away. I'm not saying you have to go to the ref because we need to keep refs, but you need to fight for the player and be like, okay, I need an explanation. Go talk to the ref. And blah blah blah. blah. There's no life. We need to have some life come in. I'm going a little long on this college football thing. I need to get to college basketball. So the college football playoff right now, eye candy. Um. I candy. I think it needs to be Bama. This is no particular order besides Bama. I think Bama will be number one. It needs to be Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. And then that fourth one is kind of a toss-up. Um, it could be anybody at this point, but I kind of think it needs to be uh, Texas A&M. Just throw Texas A&M in the mix. Uh, if Florida somehow, somebody pulls up the upset on Alabama... Alabama will get in, of course. Then it needs to be Florida. Then it needs to be Clemson and Notre Dame. I think no matter what happens, Clemson and um, Notre Dame are going to have a rematch in the ACC championship game. There's been times Alabama has not won the SEC and got in the college football playoff. I think I think Notre Dame joining the ACC, not saying their schedule has been the greatest, I think them beating Clemson, I think them continuing to win, if they lose by 30 or 40 against Clemson, I think it needs to be a discussion if they should continue to stay in, but I think they stay in. 
if they win, they, they know they're in automatically. But if they lose to Clemson, which probably is going to happen, I don't, I don't know, but it could, I think Notre Dame gets in no matter what. It just depends on where they're going to be ranked. If you're going to put the Bamas and stuff like that in who haven't won SECs before, yes, they need to be in. But then some people out there saying, well, what about Ohio State, blah, blah. I just don't know. Ohio State hasn't played anybody. The toughest team they played was Indiana. And if Indiana didn't throw a pick six, we'd still be playing because it'd be overtime. Michigan needs to do the right thing and cancel the game. Michigan, if you want a big, a big F you to, to Ohio State, you cancel the game and F you, Ohio State. That's not going to happen. Michigan wants to play, but and I don't see Northwestern being Ohio State. I would love to. I love Coach Fitzgerald. He's a great coach. Their defense is fantastic. I just don't see them beating Ohio State. I think it's Northwestern's offense that's going to be a little behind. Ohio State's defense is not very good. Their corner's not very good. That's why they would not beat Clemson. That's why they would not beat Ohio State. I don't even think they'd beat Notre Dame. I think Ohio State's offense would score, but they're not going to stop Notre Dame's offense. Not those big guys. You put those big tight ends and slash wide receivers on Ohio State's corners and safeties that are struggling and they're not very good. I mean, they're good. Okay. They're Ohio State. They're good. But I'm talking about Ohio State caliber. They're not very good. So, yeah. So I just don't – I candy. I don't see Ohio State deserves to be there, but it, they probably could. So realistically, if they play Michigan, win, obviously. Go to the Big Ten, win. It would probably be Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Ohio State versus Alabama. Now, and the next thing is depends how you rank them because if you put Clemson and Notre Dame in and depend on how they're ranked, they better not play again for the third time unless it's national championship. So it would be really nice to see is like a Clemson versus Ohio State, Notre Dame, Alabama, or Clemson, Notre Dame right away, or Clemson, Alabama right away, and then Notre Dame, Ohio State. I think that's what it's going to end up being with the college football playoff. I think Ohio State does not deserve to be in there. I think it needs to be like a Texas A&M. I'd almost put in a two-loss Florida even if they lose to Alabama, but – I just don't see Ohio State going there. So that's that's kind of the thing with college football playoff right now. Um, I don't think Pac-12 deserves – whoever the Pac-12 championship it, champion is, it might be USC. I don't think they deserve to be in the conversation. It's no offense to them or like their fault, but it's you decide not to play, this is what happens. Don't – you know what I mean? It's like a kid showing up to practice like expecting to play the, in the game. Like, oh, uh, no, it's not going to happen. You're not going to play, Johnny. You're not going to play this half. And you're not going to get this. So it's kind of like that. So there's my college football. Now we're going to go on to college basketball. And that's going to be a shorter one because then I want to get the NFL, go on my rant. College basketball has been in full swing. My Illinois basketball team, they were number eight in the nation. They played three games in a row. They played Thanksgiving the day after and day after. There was a close one against Ohio. They got moved up to number five. Then they played Baylor a few days ago. They did lose a heartbreaker to Baylor. It was a close game up until 13 minutes left in the second half, maybe, and Baylor kind of their speed took over. But um, we've already seen COVID effect. There was games delayed. Baylor, that was their first game, I think, the first or second game. So Baylor's had some um, delays due to COVID. I think Duke at the beginning had some delays. After Baylor played Illinois, Baylor was supposed to play Gonzaga. It got postponed due to COVID. 
Um, Illinois is actually looking to play Baylor again. <laughs> they were going to reschedule. Um, and that's not the only basketball. There's been a lot of other basketball games that have been postponed due to COVID. Um, so it's just frustrating to see when when they're scheduled and you're going to play, and then you got to stop because one person might have been around somebody. And sometimes when they cancel it, this is why you have to read the articles and not just the headlines. Headline says, well, due to COVID, due to COVID this, that it's canceled. You have to read sometimes it's contact tracing where maybe a basketball player was a third party, but even though it was contact tracing, they got to call, they have to stop, they have to see what was going on. And so they do it that way. Um, so I'm wondering if basketball is going to keep going all year. I think they it is because they can't afford to. The money they cannot afford to not play. The kids want to play. The coaches want to play. But my my hope my my question is how many games are we really going to get in for co- for college basketball? You know, all the, it's the traveling. You know, it's hard to do a bubble. Um, they could have done an all conference thing. Um, I don't know. I think that would have been the way to bubble it, as if you just did your conference. Hey guys. Are you like me that during the stay-at-home orders and not be able to go anywhere, allow those extra 19 pounds to be added to you while we sat at home and binge watch Netflix (laughs) instead of reading a book or going out and exercising as much with these gyms being closed? Have you wondered how... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. You know, you see people taking these supplements and exactly know which supplements are the best to take, which supplements are going to give you that extra edge of maybe losing a couple of the weight that we've put on. Um, or when you just want to get to the gym, do you just need things to help make your life a little bit easier? Well, the great supplement company that does all these things for you is Redcon One. Redcon One um, is a mission-based company founded on the simple principle to create the highest quality supplements for people who train for people that need to be at their best and for people that need to go dominate their workouts or create supplements that help them go dominate their everyday life and their work day. Raycon One is the fastest growing supplement company. They were the 2019 brand of the year for Vitamin Shop. Stack 3D brand of the year. Trusted brand for supplement reviews. Shield and Excellence brand of the year in 2018. They have everything, guys. They have... Um, pre-workouts with your caffeinated to help get the blood flow. They have pre-workouts that help you get the pump at the gym. They have meal replacement bars when you're on the go and you need your protein and you cannot make breakfast. You need a quick, healthy snack where you weren't able to go to the grocery store. 
The no replacement bars are amazing. You want a good shake instead of using the protein powders. They have meal replacement powders with different flavors. They also do have your isolate proteins and your whey proteins. They also have fat burner pills and they have fat burner drinks. I am not this big bodybuilder, but to help replace maybe all the coffee, the double tap fat burners do have a little bit of kick, but it's great to have it first thing in the morning and go take the dog on a walk or go walk on the treadmill to help with burning fat cells. And they're delicious. It's very easy to wake up, mix the powder, and go. It's very delicious. They have everything. They have great apparel. They have great supplements. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Okay? They have a ton of stuff for everybody. Everybody. Redcon 1 was based at the highest state of readiness. So, again, that's made for Navy SEALs, bodybuilders, a soccer mom that needs to go be at the highest state of readiness. This is made for everybody. So, what I need you guys to do is click on the link in the episode description. At checkout, use the code T20STEVENKU for 20% off your order. That's again, when you check out, use the link. When you go check out, use T20STEPHEN, capital KU, for 20% off. Now, let's say you click the link, you get on there, and there's this daily deal going on with 35% off your order if you use this code for the next hour. That's great. If you still use the link, when you check out, there will be a box that says, what tier operator referred you? If you could please put an S-T-E-P-H-E-N space K-U-C-H-E-F-S-K-I at the checkout. Still help you get that discount. So please use the link, use the code, go get some supplements, and let's get this quarantine weight off together. But I don't know. Um College basketball is back. I'm very excited because this podcast, I wasn't really into college basketball for the past year and a half. I used to be all about it, especially with the brackets. But I really didn't pay attention to it. I think the NBA had kind of ruined it for me. NBA, I think, is very soft. It's not what it was. I don't really like watching it as much. But I'm going to start getting back into it due to the podcast. And so I'm really excited to do these shows to talk about basketball. It's back. It's very exciting. There's a lot of good teams. There's already been some upsets. For, number four, Virginia has already lost. Villanova, who was contender to be the champion, has lost. So you have some teams going down already. Michigan State is looking nutty-gutty. They look pretty good. Um, as the show is recording, Illinois is supposed to play Duke um, on Tuesday, uh, December the 8th. I think Illinois, we'll find out if I'm right or wrong, is intended to win against Duke. Duke, I'm not saying they're not good, but Michigan State beat them. I think Illinois has more athleticism. I think Illinois just has to learn pick and roll defense. They have to attack the basket more. They're not living die. So at the beginning of the year, they shot a lot of threes. I thought they were going to live and die by the three. They're not. They're not forcing up a lot of threes. It's just. They have to figure out what they want to do. So one night they might be like, we're going to be three-point shooters. The next day they're going to be mid-range. But I think they're the type of team that needs to drive to the basket. I think this type of team is boxing out. A couple of the games, they just were not boxing out very well. And uh, so I think they need to do that. Gonzaga looks really, really good. Um, They look very fundamentally sound. I think – I'm not saying they're not athletic. Something about this Illinois team, they look very athletic. And the Baylor is super athletic. That's why I was looking forward to Gonzaga and Baylor. I'm not saying Gonzaga is not athletic. I just think they're more fundamentally sound, if that makes sense. 
So like Baylor has a lot of athletes. They have a lot of athleticism. They rely on if you turn the ball over there and go down score very quickly. Not saying Gonzaga can't do it. I think Gonzaga is very like a Phil Jackson team. Like they're athletic, but they're fundamentally sound in how they're going to play. So that's what makes them very good. That's what makes them be in that contention to win the national championship. Um, then when you look at, you know, teams that were supposed to supposed to uh, be there, like Villanova, something was wrong with them. So if you look at it, because Baylor num- or Baylor's number two and Gonzaga number one, um, I watched Iowa. Iowa is number three. Iowa does not look very good. I think Illinois should be able to beat them. And then when you saw Kansas and Gonzaga play, Kansas doesn't look that great. You see basketball this year. I'm glad I'm getting back into it. It just looks like it's all over the place. You really don't know. Like you got the Houston's of the world at number seven. I watched West Virginia. I know they've lost a game. I think if they get rolling, they're going to be pretty good. They have a lot of length. Um, same with Illinois. Illinois is now ranked number six in the nation. They got a lot of length. Um, Marquette did a tip in buzzer beater to beat Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin doesn't look as good as they were. I know they were supposedly competing to win last year. They don't look very good. They look like they win the post, maybe, but they don't look that good. Virginia got knocked down big time. Um, I'm surprised Villanova. Villanova's number nine. I'm surprised they're up that high. Um, Coaches poll, they have Illinois at number nine. It's ridiculous. Um, good. One team I like seeing on here is Richmond. They are number 19 as this is recording on December 7th. They are currently playing right now. They look pretty good. So not a lot to update with college basketball. It's just got to keep going. We've watched a few games and, you know, it's very exciting. But just give that update. It's very exciting to watch. I'm glad it's back. I hope we can have an NCAA tournament. I just don't know how many games we're really going to get in this season. I don't know if it's going to be like like it always is, I think you're going to see. I think the schedule is already shorter. I know Big Ten country speaking, they're going to play a lot more Big Ten teams. Um, but look to Illinois to win the Big Ten. Looking, they're a Final Four type team. I'm really excited that they can have the opportunity to go back and, and maybe get to the Final Four. Uh, just due to COVID and because um, you know here in Illinois, they consider basketball it was a medium risk and football was a high risk. Well, now all of a sudden basketball is high risk. Football, you're all over each other, but basketball, you're all over each other the entire game. Football, you're just blocking for a few seconds, and then you're off. Basketball, you're all by each other. You're yelling. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're sweating and this and that. So I don't know. That's the that's the fear of what's going on with basketball. So we'll see. We'll see. That's my short little basketball. As the season goes on, those, those parts will be uh, longer. More to talk about. They've only played some teams only played four games, five games. Um, but look, there's a lot of good matchups coming up and go Illinois. So now we're gonna move on to the last segment, the NFL. A lot of good games. Um the Jets. Oh, I'm gonna talk about this first. The Jets almost won. I think they were up, and then um, the Raiders and John Gruden kind of said, you know, we don't want to be that team that the the Jets beat first. And so they had that, like, I don't know if it was Hail Mary, just everybody run a vertical and go. 
they caught and had a touchdown. And then today on December 7th, the Jets fire their defensive coordinator. It's not their fault. I mean, you could be mad at them all you want. It's not your fault that the Jets suck. You guys are terrible. You're worse than the Chicago Bears. Another one that was really close, Kansas City only won 22-16 against Denver. So Denver's defense has stepped up this year. Their offense has been all over the place. Like last week, they didn't have a quarterback, so they used a wide receiver. You know, so stuff like that. Um, another another thing to talk about is New Orleans Saints. They won against Atlanta, twenty-one to sixteen. They are now clinched, I believe, to go to the playoffs. And it's amazing they don't have Drew Brees. They're using Tyson Tyson Hill, and I I sat here and said they're not going to win with him because he wasn't a real quarterback. I want to know why they paid him all that money because he I don't know if he was a true. He's just in everything. He's a running back. He's a wide receiver. He's quarterback. And so someone said, well, that's why you pay him the money because you put him all over the place. But when they said he was going to be the starting quarterback, I sat there and I said, you know, he's not going to win. So that is, this is a shout-out to Sean Payton. I would love Coach Payton to come to the Bears. If he comes to the Bears, I think we're a Super Bowl contender. Um, but kudos to him and the coaching staff to get Tyson Hill ready without Drew Brees. I know Drew Brees is probably in, in Hill's ear helping him out and the game planning and all that. So Kudos to them. The Saints look pretty good. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they look pretty good. You're not going to win without Drew Brees. I'm sorry. Um, they, But here's the thing. I've said this a million times. This is why you adjust the offense. They adjusted it for Drew Brees, and then when Tyson Hill comes in, Sean Payne said, okay, this is what we got to do. And then during the NFL, you're able to adjust it more than like we do at a high school or even a college. This is what you're able to do. Um, so kudos to them. <laughs> the Giants are now first in the NFC East. They beat the Seattle Seahawks 17-12. to It was 5-0 at halftime Seattle. The Giants have come out of nowhere. I think Cole McCoy was their quarterback and won. So kudos Cole McCoy. He's been around forever. I remember watching him. Um, He was quarterback at Texas when in 2000, when, when Mike Leach and Texas Tech when they beat Texas. He's been playing since then. So it's been a while, and he's been in the NFL. So kudos to Cole McCoy, and, and look at the health of the Giants. They might win the division if the Cowboys don't figure it out because that's the only team I could see, but they've had a lot of stuff going on. So kudos to the New York Giants. They ruined my parlay on fan duels, but that's okay. Um, Watch out for them. They might win. You know, I wrote them off. It used to be like, when were they going to win their first game or like what was their season? They might end up being 4-12 and or whatever it is. They could win a division being under 500 and make the playoffs. So look out for the New York Giants. And then what about the Cleveland Browns? They beat Tennessee Titans 41 to 35, and it wasn't even that close. Because Cleveland scored 10 in the first quarter. It was 38 to 7. Now they gave up a lot of points in the second half. I think they really have to work on, but I'm talking like, wow. Because Baker Mayfield was 25 of 33 for 334 yards. He averaged 10.1 yards of completion and four touchdowns. Like, are you serious? Nick Chubb had 80 yards rushing. They, they This distribution for the receiving court was just outstanding. They held Derrick Henry to only 60 yards. They had to rely on the pass game for the Tennessee Titans. If they don't get the run game going, it's really hard to put all on Ryan Tannehill's back. His numbers weren't terrible, though, 29 of 45, 389 yards, 8.6 yards of completion, three touchdowns, and one interception. 
But that's just amazing. The Cleveland Browns are going to finish the regular season no matter what happens. I don't remember if it's the regular season or the whole season. Above 500. That's crazy. Because they're the Browns. This is the most 2020 thing here. The Giants were down and out, and they're coming back and winning. And you got the Cleveland Browns competing and doing well. We wrote them off. I don't trust Baker Mayfield. I don't think he's this outstanding quarterback. He has a lot of things around him. I mean, he's doing what he does. You know, I could people say something about you know, Tim Tebow. So I don't trust him. There's something about Baker Mayfield I don't trust, but he knows how to win. He won in Oklahoma. So he was always a winner. So he's figured out how to win. My coaching staff has got something going on. So who knew about the Cleveland Browns? It's just crazy. It's absolutely insane. For the Cleveland Browns. Um, so this next part's going to be like a double. Green Bay Packers played the Philadelphia Eagles and won 30-16. to 16. So before I get into one of the topics, one of the things I saw was, who is this year's MVP? And it was down between Aaron Rodgers and um, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, I think, has more yards and this and that. But Aaron Rodgers is in, the, is in that um, discussion um, for MVP. And I think he should be because right now the Green Bay Packers are sitting at 9-3. and three. They had injuries at the beginning of the year, and now they're getting healthy. But before they were healthy, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a lot of weapons. He does. But he's, he's getting a little older. He took the drafting of their backup quarterback very personally, and he he makes throws. He manages the game well. And I know that people look at Patrick Mahomes and say, look at their record, look at this, look at that, but he has way more weapons than the Green Bay Packers do. They have more consistent weapons. Aaron Rodgers has to – Patrick Mahomes shows up and plays well all the time. Patrick Mahomes could show up and have an off day. And you're going to look at the tight ends and the wide receivers and the running backs of Kansas City, and they're going to have big numbers. And they're going to be in the contention to win. If the Green Bay Packer, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up and perform, they don't have a chance to win. So a lot of pressure goes on to him. But I think this year, if you watch him in his interviews on um, the Pat McAfee show, um, you're going to see um, – how much comfortable he is. He's kind of playing loose. He's free, you know, and he he is playing lights out, the throws he makes, the way he can change the plays at the line of scrimmage, the way he can manage the game and this, this, and that. So right now, if you look at um, the receivers, you look at who they've played, you look at this, you look at that. I think right now Aaron Rodgers is the MVP and I hate to say that as a Bears fan, but you got to respect the way he plays, the way he throws, his confidence, and all that, and look at what he has worked with. So I think right now, Aaron Rodgers MVP. So they kind of beat the Philadelphia Eagles, which drops them down, which pushes up the Giants one, puts them up in first. I think the Eagles were at one point, and this and that. I said this in another podcast. I'm going to say it again. Shannon Sharp needs to quit making excuses for Carson Wentz. He's a big Carson Wentz fan, and he won't give it up. It's the same thing as he gives crap to Skip Bayless all the time and Michael Jordan. Skip Bayless is a LeBron James fan and Carson Wentz fan. Carson Wentz, I don't okay. 
I'm not saying he's a bust. He has mechanics to be good. There's times he has been good since he's been drafted. I think he was first in 2016, but he was drafted um, by the Eagles from North Dakota State. He is overrated and he is overpaid because Shannon Sharp's excuse is, oh, well, no offensive line. There's no wide receivers. It's play calling. Now, I say kind of the same thing with the Bears, but you were good. And then you have some injuries and then you don't do well. Those interceptions that he is throwing right now, it cannot all be on the offensive line and the wide receivers. Sometimes the wide receivers just drop the ball. They tip it. Sometimes they don't run the right route. And the quarterback thinks they're going to run a certain route and they it's an interception. And because they did that, and sometimes that's fine, but it's not all the wide receivers. Right now, he has thrown 15 interceptions. 15 interceptions in 2020. You cannot sit there and tell me that's because of the wide receivers and the offensive line, Shan Sharp. This is why I can't stand some of the things like him and the Nick Wright of the world. Nick Wright is worse. He's an idiot. I don't know how he has a show in sports. I, I would take, I know plenty of people take his job. My mom would know more about stuff like that than he does. The Shan Sharps of the world didn't quit making excuses. Okay. Yes, there are times he's been good, and he had better players around him, which helps him be good. Tom Brady has had players that were not Randy Moss's. He had players that were not that. He had mediocre players, and they still won games. There's been a handful. I think Peyton Manning's had some really good receivers, but he didn't always need the huge receivers. He's able to manage the game. Look at Aaron Rodgers. And what he's able to do with people, not these big, they don't go and draft these big time players. I think Devontae Adams is pretty good, but they don't go out and get a lot of help. And he does well. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, Shannon Sharps of the world and Eagles fans and Carson Wentz fans. If he's that good, because you paid him a lot of money, he needs to be able to win without these big time receivers and able to manage the game and do certain things. Those interceptions are not all on play calling and they're not all on the wide receivers and they're not on the running backs and they're not all on the offensive line. They have to come back to Carson Wentz. Not every single one of them. I'm not going to go back and watch all 15 interceptions. He's thrown more interceptions this year than Mitchell Trubisky. And Carson Wentz is destined to be better and has better mechanics and this and that than Mitchell Trubisky, but he's thrown more interceptions. I think Mitchell Trubisky, I know he didn't play all year, has a better record. I think he's 3-2, and two, so he's won just as many games. And just to show you how good your team was, Carson Wentz, to make you look that good when you got hurt when they won the Super Bowl and Nick Foles comes in and they don't skip a beat. So, yeah, sometimes you need good players to look good, but guess what? Then it's up to you to play that well. So he is not as good as everyone thinks he is. He's not. I don't know if you want to say a bust, but he is overrated. The contract. He signed that four-year deal. Free agent in 2025. Four-year deal. $128 million contract. This includes a $16,367,683 signing bonus. $107 million guaranteed. <laughs> Average salary in 2020, which is right now, $32 million. 
and a pause and look at this money. We're in a pandemic and you're looking at this type of money for somebody to go out there with these type of numbers in 2020. Three, eight, and one as a record. His completion percentage is 57.4. He's going for 2,620 yards, 6.6 yards flat of completion, 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. You paid him that much money for this result. That's always why he's still playing because they pay him that money and put this big investment. They should not have done that. I said that back when they signed it before this. They should not have signed him to that contract whatsoever. Whatsoever. What a stupid decision. And that's why you're going to continue to see him play. I'm just in shock, guys. And he is just overrated. I'm tired of seeing people that make a lot of money on these sports shows to say the idiotic things that they do. I know he's had some injuries. I know that that has happened, but guess what? He's supposedly healthy. So in 2016, it looked like they were 7-9. and nine. Well, this is when he, he was starting. So in 2016, when he was driving, they went 7-9. And, and then in 2017, they were 11-2 and two when he was in the game. And in 2018, he was five. They were five and six. I know he's been hurt a couple of times. And then last year, 2019, they were nine and seven. This year, they're three eight and one. His completion percentage has been 62.4 percent, 60.2 percent, 69.6 percent, 63.9 percent, and then now 57.4 percent. He's over 3,782 yards, 3,296, 3,074, 4,039, and now 2,620. He threw 16 touchdowns down 16. His best year was 33 touchdowns down 17 when they were pretty good. Um, he threw for 21 touchdowns in 2018, 2019, 27, and now he's on 16 interceptions. His first year, he threw 14. Then it looked like it was 7, 7, 7, and now 15. So he's thrown for 113 touchdowns and 50 interceptions. So I guess technically, look at it that way, it's not that bad. But I'm just saying the money, it's not necessarily that, it's the money. You paid him this huge amount of money. And looking at this money during a pandemic has really made my skin crawl because people out there don't have money for Christmas and Thanksgiving and to pay their rent. And they have to worry about this. And you're seeing that money for that type of result. Carson Wentz, you are overrated. Fans of the Eagles, he is overrated. Get over it. Shannon Sharp. I don't care. He'll never hear this. He's overrated. Carson Wentz is overrated. He is overpaid. He's not a horrible quarterback. Goes number one like he's horrible, but you're right. He doesn't have a lot of help. But if you're that, if you're as good as the money says you are, you shouldn't. I know that they paid um, Patrick Mahomes half a billion dollars, and he has all these weapons around him. But guess what? He's still performing. So as of right now, it looks like a decent investment. Carson Wentz is getting that type of money. He's overrated and he's overpaid. Real quick, we'll go to my Bears. This won't take too long, and we'll wrap this up. Chicago Bears lost. I know. I know. They lost to the Lions when they were up. They, there was like four minutes left in the game, and the Bears had a 99% chance to win. And they lost. 
to the Lions, 34 to 30. They were up 30 to 20. <laughs> you never give up in a game, ever, no matter what it is, NFL, whatever. Bears didn't play. They look competent, actually. Um, the defense gave up points, but like realistically, overall, Mr. Trubisky did not play as bad. I mean, he was 26-34, 267 yards, 7.9 yards of completion, one touchdown, but the way he was managing the game, the way the play calling was going, they actually ran the ball. Montgomery had 72 yards of rushing. Patterson had 59 yards of rushing, so they went back to the run game. They got it. Montgomery had two rushing touchdowns. The, the offense looked better. It wasn't where it needs to be, but it looked a lot better. He, they, they got the ball around. Robinson had 75 yards. Miller had 56 yards. Mooney had 43 yards. Um, we had a touchdown from Komet. Like, he looked competent. The defense looked okay. So it was on a roll. And then it just looked like Matt Nagy took over the play calling. And then, because, <laughs> yeah, we were up 30 to 20. And then the Detroit Lions, within a matter of like four minutes or three minutes or two minutes, score 14 points. And then at the end of the game, we throw it to Robinson, who should have gotten the freaking first down. Decides to, to try to get all cute and fancy and jump out of bounds right before the first down marker. And then the fourth and one play call, try to run it very quickly, running a shotgun inside zone, which I'm a spread guy, don't get me wrong, but you're in the NFL, it's a little different. Run a shotgun inside zone, try to get the first down and try to run it quickly. It wasn't like you were trying to game plan. You were trying to do it very quickly. And you don't get it and you lose. 99% chance of winning, and we lost. Oh, I'm shocked that I'm shocked. So, again, I'm not sitting here saying I want people to get fired. That's like somebody asking me to get fired. So, I'm going to say it this way We don't have the greatest talent in the world, but we have some talent. Our Super Bowl window was smashed last year, and it's just set a bomb off this year. The defense, I think, is done. And by done, I mean they're kind of done with having the amount of pressure to stay in the game and win the game always on them. I think they're done with the offense sucking. And I think they're tired of these things happening, so you're seeing more points be given up. Now, yesterday, there was no excuse. But as a coach, you can't let that happen. As professional players, you can't let that happen. Trubitsky did not – they got him outside the pocket. He ran. They did short passes. They did play action. They did this, exactly what I've been saying all freaking year. Going And then we were running the ball pretty decently. They kept things simple. And then we did okay. He looked competent all of a sudden. You know, there was some frustrating stuff, but that's just the NFL. You're going against the best of the best week in and week out. It just looked very competent. We finally got it going. It looked okay. And then – 99% chance of winning. We said, oh, hold my beer. We're going to show you that we can lose. And we did. So I'm not sitting here saying fire, but I'm going to say it this way. Something's got to change. We've got to get something different. Chicago fans want to win super badly. They want to be good very badly. And 2018, going 12 and 4, I've said it a million times, that was the worst thing that could have happened. If we were like 9 and 7 or 8 and 8, and then last year 8 and 8, I don't think we'd be as frustrated right now. But something's got to change, whether it's coaching, players, general management, or ownership. Well, maybe not ownership. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. 
something's got to change. We have too good of athletes. For the past couple of years on defense and offense, we've had too much good things for this. To be 5-1 and one and then lose six in a row, we have to put up with this for four more weeks. I didn't know if we were going to win another game, and I was kind of hoping this would be the game that we win. But if we we lost this game, I don't know if we're going to win another game. Play the Texans, probably won't win because they have a dynamic offense, and if our defense is given up, we're not going to win. We could. It would be competitive. I don't know if we'll win. Then we have to go to the Vikings. The way we played against the Vikings last time, I don't see it. Jaguars, maybe, but guess what? We're going to finally screw that up, and then we got to play the Packers. We're not going to win that one. So right here, we're probably going to end up only winning five games this year. You know, right here it says Coach Nagy still feels management full support. Well, congratulations. I don't know. It's very frustrating as a fan. We've got this talent. You have these high expectations, and we just cannot live up to them. I'm not going to sit here and say firing. I'm just saying something needs to change. So. Thank you guys for listening to my college football talk, the very minimal college basketball. There will be more of that as we continue. Thank you for listening to my NFL stuff about how Carson Wentz is a bust. Shannon Sharp, you need to say that, kind of like LeBron James is not the best player ever. Nick Wright's of the world and Shannon Sharp's of the world need to listen to me. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. They know way more than I do, but still, they're idiot. Nick Wright's an idiot, and Shannon Sharp needs to listen to how Carson Wentz is a bust. Or he's overpaid and he's overrated. He's not a bust. He's in the NFL for a reason. And what the Chicago Bears need to do. I don't know who you hire. I'll end up that. Um, some people don't want to hire Jim Harbaugh. But guess what? I'll take Jim Harbaugh at this point. They need to bring back Lovey Smith and apologize. We need to get Gus Mountains on to Illinois or the Coastal Carolina staff. Send Lovey Smith back to Chicago and apologize to Lovey Smith because he was 10 and 6 and was fired. And then we as Bears fans will take a 10 and 6 record. So, guys, thank you for listening. See you guys next time. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.